Welcome to the Girl on Top Shallon XO podcast. I'm your host, Shallon Lester, and you might know me from my YouTube channel, where I analyze celeb relationships and scandals for the lessons we can take into our own lives. But here on the podcast, I answer the best questions you submitted over the past week. Got a love quandary? Head to my website, shallonlester.com, to get connected, and also shop my merch and take some fun quizzes. Be sure to rate and review this podcast if you like it, and follow me on Instagram at ShadowLinXO, and find me on YouTube for four new videos a week. Welcome back, Shalloners. Woo, it's the week of Valentine's Day, aka Shalentine's Day, because... You know we do it better than Hallmark. I've got some awesome videos planned for you guys on my YouTube channel. We're going to talk about Valentine's Day by yourself, long distance dating during V-Day, all these other things. But then on our uncensored platform, flaze.com, that's F-L-A-Z-E, we're going to be doing some stuff that's a little bit naughtier. You guys have submitted a ton of suggestions for some not safe for work content you want to see over there. I mean, it's not like pornographic. You know me. But we're going to talk dirty talk, sex tips, sex tricks. So head over there later this week to check that out. Also, be sure to read my blog, Eat, Pray, Love. It's a brand new blog newsletter that I do about two or three times a week. It's super raw and intimate. And honestly, it's kind of weirding me out how many people signed up for it. I I kind of didn't expect that um, <laughs> because it is so just real and, and emotional. But I think you guys might like if you haven't signed up already, you can click the link in the bio. Also, we have a brand new Shell Literature Book Club selection. It's called Essentialism. It's a fantastic read on everything from how to set up personal boundaries in your life to how to turn that side hustle into a full-time gig by practicing the art of essentialism, which is about not trying to do everything, but about doing the right things, the things that actually matter, and cutting out all the other baloney. But today, we're going to talk about two things. We're going to talk money, and God damn it, we're going to talk about lingerie. Two very different things, but you know what? Sometimes we, we got to have a little duality, a little bit of balance. But our mantra this week is going to ping with the money. Our mantra this week is, I lead with logic. I lead with logic. Now, it's great for us to be like sort of heart-centered person, a person as I call them, to lead with our emotions, to let our intuition guide us. Our intuition very, very frequently is the voice of logic. And we cannot tell ourselves that, that to be logical is the antithesis of being emotional and loving and warm and empathetic. Nope. To be logical is to, I guess, practice that essentialism, to protect ourselves and therefore honor the relationships that are in our lives. Oh, so let's relax. Let's do our mantra. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's roll our shoulders back. Breathe in through the nose. I lead with logic. One more time. In through the nose. And out through the mouth. All right, let's get into it. And as always, these questions are sourced from the Shalligator Reddit thread run by our two fantastic moderators, Ashley and Nicole. Hi, ladies. Head over there. It's a great place for you guys to ask for advice, to connect, to share triumphs, to share heartbreaks. There's 2,500 of you guys on there at any given time. It's great. It's just such a cute little place for the Shalantourage. And we have a good question this week. This question is about 
money. And we don't talk about money that much here. We talked about it a little bit before Christmas on how to put up boundaries the holiday season as not this time for like crazy excess and so much spending and going into debt to show people just how much you care about them. But a time to pull back and honor our financial obligations. I mean, you know, the bills and the boring stuff. But also honor our financial goals and our financial truths. Because I really think that there's something very beautiful about living within your means. If you drive a hoopty car, but that's the car you can afford, girl, yes. If you're going to a community college instead of going to Duke because you don't want to pay 60 grand a year, yes. Fiscally efficient queen. I love it. So this opinion on the Reddit thread was titled, Opinions on Joint Bank Accounts. Hey, Shalligators, I would love to hear your opinions on joint bank accounts. My husband and I have been married for a year. One thing he has repeatedly said is that he feels like having a joint bank account would bring us closer. Right now, he definitely takes on more financial responsibility. However, he's also in the military and, you know, they give him money just to pay for housing on top of his paycheck. The main reason I haven't wanted to have a joint bank account is that he spends his money on stuff he doesn't need or gives it away to his friends who ask for it. When he has a surplus of money, it's spent. And for me, anything I have left over, I like to save. I like having that financial security blanket. In the last few months, I've been able to put away a lot for us. But at one point, we had a family emergency and we had to take off work and go to our hometown. I gave him access to everything I had saved and he spent thousands of it. We paid for a hotel, which, okay, was necessary, but he also bought pizza for probably like 10 people every other night. He went out drinking every single night, and at the end of it, he had spent half of what I had saved for us on dumb things. I realized that having a joint account would make him feel like we're more of a team, but any tips on how to do it without sacrificing financial security would be great. Thank you. Do you guys remember in high school? Maybe you are still in high school. Or maybe you like watched these like teen movies where there was some like predator guy and he was trying to get like his girlfriend, his, you know, not prudish girlfriend, but his girlfriend who wasn't ready to have sex or whatever to sleep with him. And you know what phrase they always used? This is going to make us feel closer. Don't you want to feel close to me? And she's like, I guess. This is a fallacy of a loaded question. We've talked about fallacies before. Fallacies are when someone is directing them at you, they're, they're a point of manipulation. You, say, you phrase it like that, and who is going to say, no, I don't want to feel closer to you. No, I don't want to feel closer to my husband. He did not phrase it that way on accident. And I was very shocked when I read this, because when I started that sentence, my husband has repeatedly said he feels like having a joint bank account will, I assumed that the other half of that sentence will make us more financially aware of how much we have, how much we're saving, how much harder we need to work, what we need to cut back on. I thought that there was going to be something logical there. There isn't. There's something emotional. And when there could be something logical, and instead someone defaults to something emotional, that's manipulation. That is. And we see that evidenced in the rest of this sentence, I'm sorry, this question, where she's like, he basically raids my finance is like a fucking piggy bank. That to me doesn't speak to this man having respect for you. That's great. He can spend his money how he wants. Why does he get to spend your money how he wants? I mean, who doesn't want to do that? Gee, I want to blow all my money and then have this amazing piggy bank in reserve. And if she's like, no, you can't do that. All I have to do is drop this word closer. Don't you want us to be closer? Wow. I guess all those vows that we took didn't mean anything to you. Uh, what did they mean to him? To love, honor, and obey, to protect? Finance is independence. The only security 
is financial security. I had this conversation with one of my friends the other day. She's recently divorced. And she's she's one of these people who has like literally not a bad bone in her body. I have no idea why she's friends with me. <laughs> We're like yin and yang. But she is the sweetest, most like heart-centered person. And, you know, her divorce was difficult. And it turns out that two days, two whole days after they finalized everything, they signed all the papers, they divided all the assets evenly, he decides decides to tell her that, oh, he's actually had a girlfriend for like eight weeks. First of all, I think this girlfriend is like completely fictitious. It's like how the gay guy in high school is like, no, no, I, I have a girlfriend. Um, she, she doesn't live here. We we met at camp. She lives um in the Niagara Falls area. You're like, okay, Gabriel. I think that this chick is like, at best, a booty call that he's trying to inflate to like be manipulative and spiteful to her. But she's like, no, 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 she's, she's real. Like his friends have met her and blah, blah, blah. And I said, it is not a coincidence that he waited to drop this bomb after you signed all the financial papers. Now he's, he's been cosplaying as this good guy. Okay, yeah, we're in this together. Turns out he's had a bitch waiting in the wings. And now he's like, ha ha, what you gonna do about it now? We already signed everything. Did you guys watch the last season of Dirty John? Like, you know, the original Dirty John with Connie Britton? Oh, and her beautiful hair and her beautiful face. I just love her. But then they did another season. And I, I guess they've kind of made this phrase Dirty John mean sort of like any very toxic relationship. I get it. But it was about the Betty Broderick case. And Betty Broderick um, and her husband, I forget whatever his fucking name is. It was known as like the messiest divorce in history in the 80s. And it culminated in a murder. And there's this scene where and it, it flips back and forth between him talking with his buddies and he's this high flying lawyer and he's talking with his lawyer buddies and she's like basically a glamorous housewife and she's talking with her housewife friends and both the husband and the wife have realized like the marriage is ending well okay he's realized that and she's talking to her friends she's like you know what I just really think like our hearts are coming together and I think we're opening a new chapter and he wants to buy a new house for me I mean isn't that sweet he just wants to do all these things and like I just, I really feel like we're on the right track. Her conversation with her friends was all about feelings. His conversation with his friends was about money. Hey, move this, move this money out of your Roth IRA. Change your social security benefits so she doesn't get them. Avoid any big purchases until after you file. Buy her that house and then you move her into it. You write that off on the settlement, blah, 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 blah. They were talking reality. And they were talking using money as a way to manipulate someone. And the women were talking fucking feelings. Well, I just think, and it's our feelings and our love. This is why men run the world. This is why they get to run the world. Because they're not tiptoeing around men's feelings and all our hearts and our love. And blah, 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 blah. They're looking at things in a strategic way. And they're foisting on us emotional words these emotional trigger words these emotional buttons they're pushing because look how well we, we react look how dumb we become look how much we bury our head in the sand and what is this this is as we have talked about a lot bad people weaponizing our best qualities our empathy our loving side our ability to trust and bond and give and turning it against us now i'm not saying the shalligator's husband is a bad guy I don't know, maybe he is. But he is making bad decisions. And you are letting him, right? If someone raided half of my savings, 
I don't care if it was my mother. There would be dire consequences to that because money isn't money money is my life it's what I've done with my life it's my time it's the things I've sacrificed to prioritize business to prioritize deals it's I mean it's everything right not like happiness is money but time is money there's a reason that phrase exists and if you take my money from me and you're someone who claims that you love me and respect me well that's not possible because you clearly look it's like okay there was ten thousand dollars in that account my wife worked an extra 60 hours a month to do that. Fuck her. I don't fucking care. I'm buying pizza for my friends. I'm going out drinking. That's not a husband and wife relationship. That's a parent-child relationship. Kids don't care how much their parents have to work to make money. You know, they want what they want. They want this toy. They want this adventure. They want this experience. And that's why we have to teach children the value of money. We have to tell them. They have to get that paper out. They have to get denied things in order to learn the value. Mom and dad have to be very clear about, hey, this is how much I had to work this week and miss your dance recital to buy you that new hockey equipment. That's how that works. And do you want to marry your son? I don't. I don't want to be someone's parole officer. I don't want to be their emotional parole officer. Well, who were you with? Show me your phone and make sure you're not cheating. Just get gone. I don't have time for this. I don't want to be your financial parole officer. I don't want to be your IRS auditor. And I sure as shit can't sleep well at night thinking you have no respect for my money. But let's look at this from a logistical point of view. Joint bank accounts are something that, I mean, money and couples is, I mean, that's the number one thing people fight about in a relationship, in a marriage, money. Number two is sex. How fun. And these are both things that we don't want to bring up, which is probably why we fight about them. Because they're so fraught. They are so emotional. The way we spend our money and the way we value money is hugely related to our upbringing. I've told you guys before that I had a very difficult time valuing like what I do for a living, putting a price on an ad or on a question submission or on a newsletter because my father didn't pay child support to my mom. And so tacitly or overtly, I got the memo that my dollar value to one of my parents was zero. I had zero value. So if I had zero value to my father, how on earth could I expect to have a value to a stranger on the internet, to a shalligator, to a customer? That's something I've worked really, really hard to overcome. But that just goes to show how entwined things are with money and our emotions and everything. And when we meet someone who's preying on that, who is supposed to be in our corner, supposed to be our champion, supposed to be our teammate, our teammate. That's not good. Susie Orman, she's a finance guru. She's great. Um, but she's she's one of those people who's great if you already have money. You know, like people be like, oh, my mom would like tell me to listen to her when I was 19. And Susie would be like, invest, invest. I'm like, invest What? My paycheck from Ben and Jerry's, it was $18. Like, what are you talking about? But she does, if you can like extrapolate some of that, she talks a lot about um, marriage and mingling money and couples. And I really have like listened to a lot of what she said. And her advice is to have three bank accounts, his, hers, and ours. And the way the hours is set up is based on percentages. Say that both of you together, your total incomes equal $100,000 a year, right? Just, just a round easy figure. You make $30,000 a year and he makes $70,000 a year. That means you pay 30% of the rent and he pays 70% of the rent. You pay 30% of the groceries, he pays 70%. And you could you could even make it like 30% of your paycheck goes into the joint, 70% of his does. And then whatever you do in the side accounts, 
is up to you, but the other person cannot touch those, right? And then you have to just get real, real clear on looking what your financial goals are. Money is like eating. You can spend, 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 and then you can eat, 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 and you're like, it's going to work out fine. And then you wake up one day and your pants don't fit, and you've got an alert from your bank saying you're overdrawn, and you just want to die. I don't like to be real about what I eat. I don't want to keep a food journal, no. I don't want to be super honest about what I'm spending. Oh, no, I don't know. It doesn't matter. And it doesn't matter how much money you're making. I mean, people who chronically spend beyond their means will do it whether they make $10,000 a year or $10 million a year because it's an emotional response. Truly, I don't feel qualified to like give you guys a ton of advice on this, but there are so, so many good people who do. I think um, one of the fan accounts, Nicole, hi, who runs the Reddit thread, I'm pretty sure she has a free download of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. That is like a sort of like a Bible of financial wisdom and just a good way to approach finances. But I don't know. The too long didn't read on this question is this man is a money bully. He's using money to manipulate you. And if he was using sex in this same way, I really don't want to do anal. I really don't want to have a threesome. I really don't want to make a sex tape, but he says it's going to make us feel closer. You might look at this in starker contrast. That's unhealthy. I don't like this. That's, you're pushing me beyond my boundaries and you're manipulating my love for you in order to do it. So look, I know that you are plugged into him and obviously he's your husband and obviously he's working hard and he has a right to blow off steam. He has a right to blow off his own steam. And he's not going to learn that. He's not going to learn how to save and how to be financially judicious if you're this bottomless piggy bank for him, right? Because it's not going to stop. He's not going to stop on his own. You have every right to say, you know what? I earn this money. I decide how it's spent. That's it. You want to make a joint account? We go 50-50. We go 70-30. We go whatever that split is. And when that money's gone, it's gone. You don't come after mine. And I don't come after yours. If I want to go absolutely like berserk and Macy's and free people, that's up to me. But then if I can't afford to get my hair done, you got to look at my gray ass roots for the next two months. You know? Put some boundaries up and you're going to feel better. Even in a marriage, boundaries are important. Because what is marriage? I mean, it's boyfriend, girlfriend, but you had a big party. Who fucking cares? Who fucking cares? This is why I'm not a huge fan of like legal marriage. Have the party. Have the cake. Have that dress girl. Yes, have that flower arch. Do it. Do you need to get legally married? I've talked about this before. I'm not into contracts with humans. I'm not into contracts with the government. I am into a little bit more freedom and room to maneuver and to constantly have the Freedom to wake up every morning and choose my choice. I choose to be here. I don't feel trapped here. I don't have to go get a lawyer. If I want to leave, I can get in my car and I can go. Not saying you should do that. Of course you guys love each other. But approach this from a standpoint of boundaries instead of this heart center place. And ultimately, that will make your relationship better. And remember what we say about boundaries. If someone doesn't like your boundaries, that's because they were benefiting from you having none at all. So now that we've talked about money and boundaries and all that dire stuff, let's talk about something fun. Let's talk about lingerie. Eee! This question is so cute. I'm curious, where do you guys buy lingerie from? Any cheap recommendations? I love lingerie, but I'm like so single it's not even funny anymore. Also, thanks to the pandemic, I'm back home, so I can't even wear it around the house for myself. And I'm also still in college, so I can't justify it to myself to buy a $50 bra. 
If any of you know of any good cheap recommendations, let me know. I love lingerie. I'm a huge lingerie fan. And not so coincidentally, I love wrapping packages at Christmas. I love wrapping birthday presents, Valentine's presents. I'm a big wrapping paper person. And you know what lingerie is? It's wrapping paper for your body. That's what it is. And I've said this, I've used this example to guys before. I was like, do you agree that wrapping paper, I'm sorry, that lingerie is wrapping paper? And they're like, yeah, dude, yes, yes, that's exactly it. How much do you spend on wrapping paper? And does anything annoy you more when someone's unwrapping a package and they do it like all carefully? I fucking hate it. I'm like, rip into it. I like to rip into it. I want to hear it. Also, I want guys to like rip into my lingerie. Sometimes when I'm wearing lingerie for a guy and, you know, it's like, oh, it's going to be a nice, nasty night. I, I hand them a pair of scissors. I'm like, cut it off. Rip it off. Bite it off. Tear it off. They're like, really? I'm like, yeah, daddy. I'm not going to wear it again. It's just for you. It's just for tonight. So I go cheap lingerie. I mean, I have some very fancy stuff that I was gifted for like my bachelorette. And it's pretty, but I use that kind of lingerie to like just take pictures of myself. <laughs> you know, like nudes just for me. Nudes just for me. Because we got to do that sometimes. We got to celebrate our hotness, our perky tit years. Why not? But the cheap stuff, the stuff for guys. Yeah, I mean, it's cheap. My go-to place is TJ Maxx or Marshalls or Ross. They usually have a really, really big selection. Always go black. Like guys fantasize about black or red lingerie. So always go black or red. White, it's too bridal. It's too like baby girl and innocent-ish. It kind of turns them off. Like this is what studies have shown. And besides, if you go for like colors, garish colors can look really cheap. Like that pink satiny thing. It's going to look kind of like chintzy and cheap. It's also not going to blend well with your skin tone. Black flatters almost every skin tone, right? If you're really pale, it's like a great contrast. If you have like lovely dark or olive skin, it's just like even sleeker and like you're like this lovely leopard slithering around. It's great. So go black or red. I, I prefer black. Red, I think like, because if you're nervous wearing lingerie, you might tend to flush and then you look like some sort of like giant shrimp in, in lace and tulle. Mm-mm. So get that. She was also asking about some some brands that she's seen on uh, Instagram. And she said that I have recommended Yandy. I do like Yandy. This isn't an ad. But I like it because it is cheap. It's fun. It's sexy. It's a little costumey. You know, like it's, I think that the models they have on there, their bodies are just so incredibly banging. They're like... If I'm in like a fat phase or a little bloated, I'm like, okay, I can tell that these are not going to look good on me. Like all these little straps, I'm going to look like a Christmas ham. I'll trust up. So I go for things that are a little bit sleeker. A teddy with like the bustier and then just sort of the ruffly like skirt dress kind of thing. Body suits are having such a huge moment right now. Same with bralettes. And those are things that can peek out of your clothes, right? I like to wear lingerie, say, under like a sweater dress. You know, it's winter now. And I'll be out to dinner with my boyfriend or somebody. <laughs> Not like I have a boyfriend right now, but you know what I mean. And uh, this is what I do. We're sitting at the dinner table. <clears throat> I stand up. I say, I'm going to go to the bathroom. I grab his hand, though, you know, slyly. Not so that everyone can see. And I kind of run it up my dress so that he can feel a little bit of the lace underneath. And he'll be like, what is that? I'll be like, I don't know. Maybe you're going to find out in two up two hours you know you can make it kind of sexy and silky you can wear an off the shoulder top let the bralette peek out and again it doesn't matter if it's expensive I have never in my life in my life encountered a guy who checked the tag on your lingerie never size up there's nothing that makes you feel worse about your body than too tight lingerie or like a bra strap that's choking the life out of you 
Just go big or literally go home and just take it off. <laughs> but lingerie is supposed to be fun. Have fun with it. Don't spend a ton on it. Target has really good brands. Even Walmart. Like in college, I would buy my lingerie from Walmart. And it was great. It was totally cute. Again, go black because all black lingerie is kind of created equal. Like I said, it's when you get into the colors that it's going to start to look like chintzy and weird. And so then even if it doesn't fit, even if you don't like it, even if it's a one and done, which all my lingerie is, I never repeat. And guys like that because I've had guys say like, who have you worn this for? I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ, here we go. So I just buy cheap stuff. I'm like, this is for you and only you. It heightens the sense of specialness. And that heightens sexual tension. And that heightens everything else. So Shalentine's Day is upon us. Get out there. We'll see you for the coverage. I'm so excited. I'll see you later, Shalligators. Well, that's it for this episode of Girl on Top. Thanks for being part of the Shalantourage. If you have a love question you need some help with, find me on my website, shalanlester.com, and be sure to connect with me on Instagram at shalanxo, and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Stay sweet, stay savage. <laughs>